0: Father, we're just so grateful just to be a part of this work. And God, what you're doing all over the world right now, God, you're not surprised about anything that's going on. And in fact, we're really excited to see what you're going to do through the church in these days. God, you truly are amazing. You truly are wonderful. You truly are, Father. You truly are all of these things combined in one, all powerful, all knowing, all of them. You're beyond our comprehension And so, God, in this time, as we open up your word, God, I just pray that we would get a fresh sense of who you are. Lord, I pray that you would breathe out life over every group that's meeting right now, right where they are. God, I just pray that you would breathe life. Uh, God, I pray that as we open up the word, it would illuminate, it would open our eyes to brand new depths of who you are. Uh, We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, guys, uh, really quick, I've got some really uh, wonderful friends here with me today. Corey and Audra. And uh, y'all are on, you're on staff at North Star. That's right. And um, first off, uh, next week, we're actually going to be at North Star.
1: Come on now. 4 p.m.
0: <laughs> this has been an awesome partnership. And man, just, just first off, just want to say thanks for letting us partner with you guys. And it's something not quite normal. Uh, add that to the list of not normal right, things right. in this season. <laughs> but uh, I, I want to hear from you. Like, What's the heartbeat behind uh, North Star's partnership with our church?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pastor Scott always says the church is not a building, it's a people. And so, just so you know, uh, man, we have always, always honored and been so appreciative and grateful for the work that God is doing in and through West Hills. And so, uh, as we've gotten to know your staff and just to see how God is moving, it is absolutely our privilege. that North Star Building is not North Star Building, it's our building. Yeah. And so I can't wait uh, as a staff just to come and participate in it as well. So, man, we're so thankful, so grateful. And really what it does to the city, it says that it's not about uh, the umbrella of your church name, it's the umbrella of Jesus. That's right. And together we're going to go forward the gospel, we're going to tackle our city together. That's so, right. I yeah, love we that love it. so
0: much. I love that so much. And as we've been unpacking Acts, that's literally what had captivated the early church was Jesus. And it said in chapter 5 that they went from house to house and the synagogue, and they said they talked about one thing, Jesus being the Christ. And it had captivated their hearts, this Jesus who loved them and saved them, out of these are the people who crucified him and then offered forgiveness. And so this, this love had taken them over, and then the Holy Spirit had been breathed out into their lives, and they were turning this world upside down. Their lives would be turning upside down. Last week, we talked about Ezekiel, and it was this prophecy that once God breathed out His Spirit, he was going to cause them to actually change their behavior. He was actually going to fill them with what it took to actually make changes. And so their lives were turned upside down, but not only theirs, but the world itself was looking and going, this ain't normal. Yeah, this right. is something <laughs> otherworldly, right? And so as, I, as I've gotten to know you guys a little bit, and I don't know you all super well, yeah. but I've heard of like some of the moves that you guys have been making in your lives personally, in your family's life. Would you tell us a little bit about uh, maybe what God is doing in this season.
1: Yeah, I, I think something that has been a consistent theme uh, in the 10 years that we've been married is the times where we look back and where we can pinpoint just incredible growth spiritually, where we can pinpoint just how God has moved in and through our family has been the times where uh, has been the hardest for us, honestly. Like The times of uncertainty, times of... Uh, and just not knowing what God was doing, this, this spiritual unrest, but knowing that God was calling us to a step of radical obedience. Yeah. And so most recently what that looks like is, uh, I wish I could say this was our plan. It was our strategy <laughs> to sell our house and just yeah. move and live missionally, but it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, God just put it on our heart to sell our house. And there are time after time where we would sit and not knowing where we were gonna go, not yeah. knowing why we were even doing mm. it, but just felt this incredible sense of peace that God was telling us to sell our house. And so we did that in the spring, and it sold very quickly. Uh, And there were many, many nights where we looked at each other and said, What's next? Where are we going? (laughs) Uh, Some nights more peace than others. Some nights we were uh, honestly a little bit afraid of what that looked like. And just through some really random, not-so-random events, God led us to a ministry in town called the Restoration House. And so I'll let you kind of unpack that and what that looked like. A little
2: bit of the backstory is... We had formed a friendship with the directors of the Restoration House, Daniel and Mandy Watson, yeah. and just talk about leading out and having a vision. I mean, we honestly mm-hmm. wouldn't be here. We wouldn't even have the vision for what we're doing had they not let out and with nothing to see, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and so we had formed a relationship with them, and Through the years we had served with them through North Star. So, just done small things um, to go out, service days, cleanup days. We helped build a playground. And about a year ago in April, we were serving and building a playground. And I looked at the final unit and I turned to him and said, What if we just sold our house and moved out here and lived with these families? And he kind of looked at me like, well, that's a really interesting thought. Um, <laughs> and we kind of packed up for the day and got busy with foster care and ministry mm-hmm. and work, and kind of just tucked it away in our back pocket. But we said God had already started that momentum. Yeah. And then fast forward to March, like COVID hits and God tells us to sell our house. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it really was, um, I think for us, we were unified that it, this is obedience. And yeah. we sold our house in 10 hours at the oh, peak yeah. of COVID. <laughs> and literally about two weeks leading yeah. up to the close, we had nowhere to go. Every home run rental home, every, um, you know, acquaintance that has rental homes, it's just slammed doors. Mm-hmm. And the last door that slammed, we were supposed to sign paperwork at 1 p.m. And they called at 11 and said, we've changed our mind. We don't really want to rent our house. To you.
1: And um,
2: <laughs> I think they heard that we yeah. had three children, yeah. the ages that they were. And, like, nah, we're not doing um, that. Yeah. So I just started laughing because I was like, we're at a Red Sea moment. And if God has to move <laughs> yeah. and it excited me. Uh, and then he took me to that scripture in the Red Sea. And it says that God told the Israelites to actually camp out there. Yeah. It wasn't like, man, they were running and they got there and God quickly, he said, no, I want you to stop and I want you to camp out at the Red Sea so that they, so the Egyptians and you as a people can see my glory. And in that moment, God was like, I'm going to do something so everyone sees my glory. And you are not here um, on accident, you're here by design. And about, so I posted that to share it with my friends. I was like, we're at a Red Sea moment, but God's going to come through. And this is by design. And about four hours later, the Restoration House reached out to us and said, hey, have y'all thought about being a a partner family? And I thought, this is it. You know, that moment that God spoke and said, what if a year earlier he had brought that full circle Mm -hmm. um, down to the 11th hour for us?
0: And so... You said that to your husband.
2: Hmm. What if
0: we moved here?
1: And then how long is that before they call you?
2: A year.
0: A year.
1: Yeah.
2: Over a a year. year. Over
1: a year, yeah. And we had not talked about it. We had not discussed it. Uh, But the Lord was already putting things in place for us to be there. Yeah, yeah. So we've been there for about five weeks now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is it has been incredible. Yeah. For us, it's this season of... um, it's beautiful. It's complicated. Yeah. Uh, there's not a whole lot we have to offer, to be honest with you. So we are really in this posture of what does it look like just to be present? And I think that's, that's the main thing is, and what does it look like for us to create margin, create space in our daily rhythms and our weekly rhythms to build relationships. And yeah. so uh, there's much for us to learn. And we, we've already learned a tremendous amount from the moms and some of the families mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And Just to watch our kids, man, interact uh, with kids that don't look like them or think like them uh, has been just this beautiful, beautiful picture of what what relationships and what uh, just childlike innocence can do. How old are your kids? So we have a six-year-old daughter uh, who is very strong-willed. We have Uh a three-year-old daughter who's even more (laughs) strong-willed. And then we have a one-year-old foster son and so, yeah, so it's it's busy, but it's awesome. So you're a young family. Yeah. What are some of the things
0: that you, as you've processed through, even like so you're you're a few weeks in yeah. this process, like yeah. what's some of the fears leading up to this that you've had to work through? like what's some of those like even or maybe roadblocks that you've processed through to get to this place? Yeah
2: I'll share a little bit as a yeah. mom yeah. because I yeah. think yeah. that's Spe- the practical that's yes. side of it is, and uh, first of all, when I say that we sold our house, it was, the American Dream house and nothing elaborate, but you know, twenty five hundred square feet, beautiful. We'd remodeled it. It mm-hmm. was peaceful. We had neighbors that looked like us that we got along with. Um, but as a mom, when you look at your three children and you say, "Are are we really about to do this?" <laughs> um, it, it really is a a moment where you have real fears, you have mm-hmm. real concerns. You have to talk yeah. through uh, what is it practically look like to set boundaries on a totally, a totally different makeup of your neighborhood. Um, and for me, I always go back to um, you know, that story with Joshua and Caleb, and he sends the spies out, and 10 of them say, we, we can't go in there. There's yeah. giants in the land. And Joshua and Caleb come back and say, No, our God is bigger. But what always strikes me about that story is the congregation. Yeah. Because the congregation says, We can't go in there. They'll kill our family. Mm. Yeah. And we look at that and say, Oh, they, they had such little faith. But how real is that?
1: Yeah.
2: Like they could kill our kids and our. And, but what I love about that story, it comes full circle mm. because who's family got the best of the inheritance, Joshua and Caleb. And so God has always reminded me that when I am obedient as a mom, to follow him, to Mm -hmm. obey him, to step out in faith and trust him with my children, they are going to get the best spiritual inheritance. And if I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm robbing them of what God has for them. So... I could preach okay. all day on it, but I think a lot of times it is easy when God calls us to something, to look at our children, to look at those we are called to protect, yeah. and lead and guide, and say, "Oh, that's 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 a pretty big fear." Yeah. Um, but we have just been so grateful for the spiritual growth we've seen in them. Right. You know, to we prayed with them when yeah. we had nowhere to go, and they saw God come through. Mm-hmm. Um, And they are fully alive out there. There's kids everywhere. I've seen my children come to life. And we've had more gospel conversations in the last month than we probably have as a family, you know, in a long time.
1: Yeah, and just to add on to that, too, I think, um, you know, as a pastor, as a former missions pastor, I spent a lot of time thinking about how to get people outside the walls of the church. So a lot of people think about how to get people to come to the church. I'm trying to mobilize our people to get outside the walls of the church. But if I'm being completely honest, let's go, um, man. When I looked at my circle, when I looked at where I spent my time, it was with people that looked just like me. Yeah, it wasn't pursuing the people that Jesus pursued. It wasn't going to the hard places or getting involved in somebody's mess and being willing to, to not just try to convert them, but to do life with them. Yeah. And so
0: love them, Love them.
1: Love them. show yeah. compassion, yeah. show mercy, show grace, show a desire to yeah. want to be there yeah. with not some hidden agenda, you know, right. that comes behind it. And so for us, our girls, man, we are learning. Yeah. We are not the yeah. people with the answers. <laughs> we are learning and sitting at the feet and, and watching and building relationships and some incredible families. Yeah. But for our girls, it's not just us telling them, mm-hmm. hey, you need to have, our relationships with people that don't look like you. It's them experiencing it. So their worldview is no longer what their pastor dad says. It's, this is just what our family does. Yeah, yeah. And so just to see the beauty in that, and I think we're growing and learning in that. You talk about in so many ways. And
2: I'll build on that. And we are like a multiracial family now with our foster son. And as the racial tension started to grow and these conversations grew, and really, I think for a lot of people, some blinders were taken down, and a lot of our blind spots were revealed. Yeah. Even if we organically had diverse friend groups, like we talked about, we there were so many questions I had never asked my friends yeah. mm-hmm. um, with African American backgrounds, or just assumptions I had made, and, and blinders came down. Mm-hmm this spring for all of us. And like we said, Jesus is the ultimate planner because now my children um, are, you know, surrounded by people of all different colors. And for us as a multiracial family, like we are able to learn from our literal neighbors. And I, I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I was joking. I asked a pastor, um, in our community, you know, because he was speaking out and sharing about the racial yeah. tension. And, um, and I asked him, I said, for you as an African-American pastor, when you look back 10, 15 years from now, what would be the win? Like what would be, yeah. what would be the sign that the church um, took a hold of this moment and didn't waste this moment yeah. of awakening? And he said, if I look back and saw that the church traded the stage for the table, Mm. and um, and I'm covered in chills because Jesus did that for us. Right. We did not do that for Jesus. Jesus did it for us yes. in this exact season. Yes. And so, um, you know, every night my table, I say it's like the fish and loaves. I cook dinner for the five of us, yeah. and I feed 15 kids, <laughs> Absolutely. but the literal table, yes. and that's a table that um, Jesus has invited us to. Yeah,
0: I love that so yeah. much bring us in one last question that I, that I have for you guys is what you've kind of answered this, but like, what has been the compelling to do
1: something like this? What compelled you? Obedience. I mean, that sounds like, you know, we all use that word in different ways, but obedience. And I think for us, it was just this, uh, when we look back on the legacy that we want to leave our kids I man, just not wanting to waste the opportunities that God has put before us. Yeah. Uh, I think, too, God has used this season for us, however long this season is at the Restoration House, to teach us how to, how to love better, yeah. to teach us what it means to pursue people, to teach us to strip away our Western church ideas to some degree, mm-hmm. honestly, yeah. uh, and to say, man, what does it really look like yeah. to invest, to invite, to mm-hmm. pour your heart out? But obedience, I think we, we got to the point where we knew if we didn't do it, it was disobedience. Yeah. Uh, and so I would say for us, that would that would be it.
2: Yeah, I, and I would just encourage your congregation. Um, I'm sure some people listen and think God's never spoke to me and told me to sell my house. Or what does that even look like to hear from God like that? And I think for us, it goes back to the years of learning to hear His voice.
0: Yeah,
2: because this isn't everyone's story or calling. But when you learn to hear the voice of God and what that looks like, how he's speaking through his word and his people, it is still small voice. And you run after that. The Lord says, taste and see that I'm good. Mm -hmm. And he literally knits every person in your congregation is knit together with a purpose and a design and passions and giftings. And I can guarantee you that if you learn to hear his voice, and chase hard after that in obedience. There is that abundant life that He I tells us, not the the get by life or the American dream, like all on paper. And what we've talked about is we had that, mm. but how much more fulfilled we are in a two bedroom apartment with our kids on cots, and um, you know, ha- most of our stuff in storage, and I've forgotten what's in there. Yeah. Who cares? You yeah, know, right. it's that abundant, full yeah. life. Right. And I think that's the season, especially with the church scattered right now, that He's calling us into.
0: Right. Would you say that's what you are experiencing? Like that, that abundance when you look around, you're like, I don't care. I don't care. Or I, I feel more free. Are you experiencing that, or is it is it more challenging?
1: Uh, it's there. There are challenging <laughs> okay, aspects okay. of it, but one hundred percent more yeah. free. And and I don't think God's calling everybody to sell their house. Let yeah. me just say that. I don't think God's telling everybody to sell their house and move to a two-bedroom apartment. Um, but but I do think everybody can ask the question, like, what does obedience look for me, look like for me where I'm at? Uh, who is God inviting me to invest in? Who are the people that God has placed around me that maybe I pass by, but now it's time for me to lean in? Yeah. Uh, and so, so, yeah, is it challenging? Absolutely. Right but it's beautiful, right. and the conversations that we've had as a married couple, the conversations with, a, with our six-year-old and our three-year-old, mm. uh, outside of this step, we would have never had, right. I fully believe it. And, and listen, we're we're are five, six weeks into this, right. and so there's a lot of journey left, a lot to learn. And I'll
2: just, this is the funny thing to me, this is less than two miles from our house,
0: Wow,
2: yeah. less than two miles from yeah. where we were living, and we feel like a whole new world has been opened up to us mm-hmm. for ministry.
0: That's so exciting. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, one more, one more question. Yeah. Can I ask yeah, one yeah, more? Please. One more and then we're finished. I promise. Uh, what would you say uh, to the Church of America today?
1: Hmm. I, want you to go first.
2: I love that you guys are journeying in Acts because that's it's a little bit off my reading plan, but I just felt like the Lord was like, nope, go to Acts. And what he was showing me through that in Acts is that the church was grieving Mm -hmm. the death of Stephen, deep grief. I mean, literally saw, uh, you know, there's only a few, a group of a raw, ragged group, and one of them was stoned to death. I think if we really think on the implications and the heaviness of that, deep grief, scattered, no building to meet in. And yet it says they were obedient to share Jesus and the gospel wherever they went and it set the world on fire and I think right now some Christians maybe not all are saying well we can't even gather and the church is dying and but I believe we're more poised for revival than ever yes because we're having to return to the early church model right we're having to rely on the Holy Spirit. We can't rely on our buildings and our programs and our, you know, all the agendas that we had before. We're raw, we're rugged, we're scattered, and we're grieving. Right. And we've seen what the Holy Spirit can do through that. Right.
1: that. Yeah, I think for me, um, it's this season where God is just stripping away what I think the church should look like. Mm. Whether it's models or books or podcasts. Yeah. Uh, and it's saying, no, like, this is what, I'm the one that tells you what it looks like. Right, right. You know, I think about the Old Testament, uh, when Moses was going on, going up the mountain to meet with God, he would come back and relay the message to the people. Right. Well, a lot of times we look to a pastor or, or a book or a podcast to tell us what their view is of God, and God is saying, no, you come up the mountain. Yeah. You, you come, you yeah. come hear my voice, mm-hmm. and then you respond, and you respond in obedience. Right. And so for for me, what I would tell the Church of America, uh, don't be so dependent on models or programs or strategies, but really just look at God's Word and His Scripture and be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And then out of the overflow of that, just be obedient that's right. and, and to see what God's going to do. I mean, I think this is a season where uh, it was deflating for a lot of pastors. And, I, and I'm one of those pastors. So I'll yeah. just raise my hand and say yeah. that there have been times where I've been deflated during the season. But man, what better opportunity for God to say, OK, now that you're out of the way, let me show you. Yeah, Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Right. Let's go. Yeah. And so, so that's what I'm excited to see. Right. man. I'm excited to see uh, just people who who hate the local church, come to know Jesus. That's right, yeah. Who who despise Jesus because of God's people who are compelled by the Spirit of God, obedient to the Word of God, go out and invest in people, and people come to new life in Christ.
0: That's what I see in in Jesus' life and ministry. He's not even really speaking opinion. He was speaking the Word. He never deviated. He only said what the Father gave Him. So if you go back to what Jesus is talking about, He's really talking the Word all the way through. That's all He really says. And then here's what we're talking about. We're talking about doing the Word. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about doing an opinion. Mm-hmm. It's really what the Word calls you to do. Hey, love your neighbor as yourself. That's right. And if I actually believe that my neighbor needs love, oh, I've got to go. Right. I have no choice. That's, right. That's what obedience looks like. He's compelled by love. Love has encountered you. Mm-hmm. Love has filled you. Now love fuels you to That's go. Right. Obedience is, my, is, is this outworking of love in my life because love yeah. has been encountered by That's me, good. you know? And so what, what Jesus is talking about when he speaks out at the festival of booze, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, if you believe on me, anybody who's thirsty, come and have a drink. Yeah. If you believe on me, as the scriptures say, from you will flow rivers of living water. Yes, yes. And th- that's the encouragement to me, as the scriptures said. Mm-hmm. In the same way, this is really a, a picture of Moses, actually. So festival of booze is the, the Israelites wandering through the wilderness and Moses is told, hey, speak to that rock, and out is going to come water. Mm-hmm. Instead, he doesn't do that. By his own might, he takes out his rod. He yeah. hits it. God's yeah. super faithful and causes water to come yeah. out anyways, right. but not in the way that he, he, that he would have right. asked. And in, so in this season, this is what I see as this picture in the, in the church today. God is making it just so where there's no other way mm. than for us to speak as he's called That's us right. to speak. There is no other option. He's literally shut every door. Like in your case, it's like all the doors get shut except the one that opens. And it's like, that's the one I guess we got to walk through, right? Obedience is it. Good luck, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Like that's right. we don't got opinion anymore. So like that's as, as, I, as I'm so excited about what's, what God is doing in the church. Like we have no other option but to look into the scriptures and believe on Jesus. Like the early church was having to believe on Jesus. Yeah. Stepping out going, God, like I don't know, but doors are opening. So I'm going to love them because you love me. Let's go. And so from that place, though, the world gets turned upside down mm. simply because they talked about, did the Word. They didn't just think about it, pontificate on it, right. stepped in and watched God do incredible things.
2: And I think we're no longer compartmentalizing. Yeah. That ministry is something I do in a building on a certain day in a certain way um, that's gone. Yeah. And so many of our idols yep. have been torn down yeah. in a really uncomfortable way. Yeah. And I think that's what's so exciting yep. is that we are seeing we're going to have to minister as the early church did as mm-hmm. we go, wherever we go yep. in obedience yep. and um, with those kingdom eyes. And I'm just so excited for the revival that has been promised and that is coming.
0: Yep, that's right. I love that. Mm-hmm. I want to finish with, with this passage tonight. Uh, Philippians 2.13 And it says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Mm -hmm. And in this season, as we actually look into the Scripture and we begin to step by faith into what God called us into, we must understand that that sending is what Ezekiel said is, the Spirit has actually entered you to do these things. So if we are actually stepping in, we must understand that behind all of what we perceive, maybe as ourselves, Mm -hmm. is actually the Holy Spirit's work and movement through our lives. Mm -hmm. And so from this step of obedience, we know that God's about to continue something absolutely Mm -hmm. incredible. But it is Him working in us Mm -hmm. to do these good things. So here's my question for all the groups and your families and you at home. Uh, Have you ever thought about that actually? That uh, the things that maybe you're stepping into obedience or the things that maybe you're speaking a kind word, maybe you're seeing the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And you want to credit that to yourself. You want to go, man, look, I'm doing so much better. But instead of... It's actually the life of Jesus that's been breathed out into your life through the faithfulness of what God did. And so can you recognize today maybe some of the great things that you're seeing all around you or maybe the improvements in your life that are happening. Would you tell your group, would you talk about that in your families today about the faithfulness of God and actually recognize that those good works are actually God's spirit working in you. Mm -hmm. Let's credit where credit is due. Mm -hmm. And then when we talk about that, Let's give thanks today. Would you pair up with one person and just give a prayer of thanks as you understand that all of these things that God is doing in your life, I'm praising the King because He's working and operating in and through your life. I know that it's going to be greater than we could have thought or imagined because I know it's Him at work in us. So uh, my prayer is, if you don't understand this today and you want more information, you can see this right here. We, We want you to connect with us and we'll answer any question that you have. We love you, family. We can't wait to see you next week, North Star, 4 p.m. Do you know the address right offhand? Cheryl Boulevard.
1: 9929 Cheryl Boulevard. Come on, let's (laughs) go. We'll see you there. See you there, 4
0: p.m. I love y'all so much. Have a wonderful day. See y'all next week.